Hi everybody, this is Patty Negri, Psychic Medium and Good Witch, and welcome to The Witching Hour. I have an amazing guest for you today. Actually, probably, wow, top of the charts guests completely. I have the Johnny Zaffis. Yes, the godfather of the paranormal. Paranormal investigator, demonologist, star of the sci-fi series, The Haunted Collector. He actually trained under his uncle, Ed Warren. So he's been around for hundreds of years, I think. And he's not that old, but he's been around a really long time. He's done everybody's show. He's had his own show. Um, and he's the go-to guy of Paranormal. I have the pleasure of knowing him and liking him. And now he's, I have the honor of him being on my show. Okay, before I introduce you to Johnny, let me tell you a little bit about this week. If you are listening to this, the week we first dropped, the week of September 20th, number one, it's fall. Tomorrow is fall. We actually hit fall. Happy autumn equinox for all you uh, seasonal followers of the pagan path. And um, I'm just excited. It's one of my favorite, favorite times of year. And it's a great time because it's we're almost officially into Halloween season. Well, actually, we're into officially Halloween season all year for me. But as part of my My Paranormal Network, no, we are doing the 13 weeks of Halloween. So make sure you follow us on MyParanormal.net. We have all sorts of contests and giveaways and prizes. And with all of us, myself, Dean Haglin, Bridget Marcourt, the whole crew. So make sure you check out MyParanormal.net because it is Halloween always. Also this week, we are getting into the traveling season because the veil is thinning. This week, com coming this weekend is, yes, National Ghost Hunting Day, worldwide, world's largest ghost hunt. I'm going to be at a very haunted, very old house in Massachusetts, um, and I'm going to be doing two things. I'm going to be doing a very witchy, spellbinding weekend with some friends of mine from the Crooked Path, and I'm also simultaneously doing the world's largest ghost hunt with Maria. Also, my paranormal network is covering the whole thing. So all over the world, you're going to have me and, again, Bridget, all the my paranormal favorites. So you could follow us on myparanormal.net, on all my pages, on the world's largest ghost hunt pages. So you just can't get enough ghosts this week. <laughs> I have no specific classes this week because I will be in Massachusetts, but I do want to announce officially my new school. Yes, you know, I've been teaching for a long time um, with Nick Bonani of Haunted Diary. We are now rebranded and it is now my school along with Nick and my friend, Father Sebastian. And we are University Magicus, M-A-G-I-C-K-U-S. So look us up, universitymagicus.com. Um, I'm teaching all what I've been teaching and really great teachers all the way around. So check out University Magic Us, check out myparanormal.net, and uh, let's go hunt some ghosts. Okay, though I don't think she's in the mood. It's time for the Willow Report. She won't even look. She's so stubborn. For those of you who don't know a lot about dachshunds, they're very stubborn. They're very smart. They're very independent, and um, they're, in my opinion, the very, very best dogs ever. But whatever kind of dog you have, even if it's a rescue, I hope you think it's the very, very best dog ever. But I am definitively a dachshund person. I started out being a dachshund person um, years ago when I was working in my production company um, for the people who ran the wiener dog races in the seven western states for wiener schnitzel hot dogs. It was one of their promotions. So I found myself in the middle of nowhere, Texas, surrounded with 200 of these funniest, shortest, little, not so good at racing, racing dogs, and I fell in love. And I said, I must have a dachshund. This is my second one since then. Um, and yes, and my first one lived a long, beautiful, very movie star life. And and Willow hasn't moved into hers yet. Not quite yet. But dachshunds are very, very, very special dogs. Yes, they are hard when they are puppy, puppies, and anybody will tell you that. They are slow to train, not because they're stupid, but because they're smart and because they're stubborn. But once trained, they are perfect. So if you are maybe looking for a dachshund, I want to talk about some really great dachshund rescues. I think I'm going to add that to the Willow Report, since she obviously always isn't in the mood to show her best side. 
So one of them that I really believe in and I work with is the Sunny Oasis Rescue for dachshunds and friends, other dogs allowed too. It's in Riverside, California. There's a no-kill shelter there. Um, but it's a really great pace if you are looking for a doxy or a doxy misc or others. Um, Sunny Oasis Rescue. They are always looking for support, as in every rescue. And every week, I'm going to start talking about other rescues because everybody needs their own version of Willow, <laughs> sort of, whether they know it or not. Right, Willow? Why are you being such a naughty girl today? She flunked out of puppy school. Yeah. She Well, it's not her fault. They moved her last class, and out of the two dogs in the class, her sides being the worst one there, um, they moved the class and then I couldn't go because I was on an airplane and she would have flunked out anyway. So I think we have to find her a new puppy school. She's going to repeat kindergarten. Yeah, that's my girl. Ah! Love her anyway. That's the Willow Report. Okay, for our magic lesson this week, I'm bringing in an assistant. My 105-year-old haunted doll, Belle. Since we have Johnny Zaffis on and he is haunted collector. He has his own beautiful haunted museum. He is an expert in such things. I thought I would introduce you to Belle and then talk about the care and feeding of haunted dolls and haunted objects. They seem to be very popular right now between Zach and who's known for his haunted doll and haunted doll collection at his museum and Bloody Mary has hers and Johnny Zaffis has his and everywhere you go you can find on the internet people selling haunted dolls. How, do, how many of them are really haunted? Use your intuition to figure it out. Um, and honestly, just almost like when you're finding a psychic, if you are looking to buy a haunted doll online on eBay or something, kind of check out the seller on it. Just saying, just saying, because you don't want them to have gone over to Target and bought a doll and said they're haunted. Not that I can't teach you how to put a spirit in a doll, but that's a lesson for another day. Anyway, so if you do get yourself a haunted doll, there is a few care and feeding instructions. Spirits do like dolls. Not saying that here some ghost can't go into this little pack of matches. I guess they could or this, you know, anything else. But if you were a spirit, wouldn't you choose to go into something with eyes and a nose and face and ears that you can talk to? I would. So Dolls do tend to get haunted a lot. They're loved by people. They're held by kids along the way. And all that energy creates energy. And sometimes it pulls in ghosts. So now if you do have a haunted doll, be careful with it. Because if it really is a haunted doll, you want it to be a positive haunted doll or you want to switch it into it. Because as exciting as a dark and scary haunted doll is, they drain energy. They literally do, can drain your energy. They can make you tired. They can give you what feels like bad luck. They honestly could even make you sick. So start out with giving your haunted doll rules. Remember, I always teach that this is our realm of existence. The other side has to play by our rules. People just don't know that, so they give away their power. So when I first got Belle, she was sent to me um, by a beautiful woman in Belgium. She had seen me on Ghost Adventures, or actually the spinoff on Deadly Possessions, doing a seance with Peggy the doll, a very haunted doll who gives people heart attacks. <laughs> yes, they had flown her in from Europe. I did a seance with her, and she figured if I could handle Peggy, I could handle Belle. This beautiful little Belle had made her sick for three years, made her little toddler sick for three years, made their hair fall out, made everything miserable unless she put the doll in a drawer or in the shed, of which the doll didn't like but couldn't affect her. So she thought maybe the doll could use a better home. And that's a really good way to get things. If people know you are into the paranormal or ghosts or supernatural, any friends who have Donna Hall, let them know that you will take it if they're afraid of it. And then you'll get it. But again, so she sent her to me. And this is shows how powerful that Belle was. Um, I had never done a Facebook Live. So my very first Facebook Live ever, I thought I would open the box. I opened the box and not any of my magic. 50,000 people watched this doll being opened. Not anything because of me, because of the energy within this doll. Um, I've never got that many since or even within decibel points of it. It's just... It's just 
the power of a haunted doll. Good or bad, power is power. Um, so I got her out, and yes, she was haunted, but she did have something very, very dark attached. And the dark attached isn't necessarily a person ghost. It was like this other entity, this other energy. And then I didn't want I didn't want my hair to fall out. I don't have that much hair. I don't want illness in my house or bad luck in my house for my husband, for my pets, for anything. So I banished that negative spirit. I knew if there was going to be a haunted doll here, there was going to be something underneath. So I did not let the sun set before I banished it. And there's That'll be another class, but lots of ways to do it. So all of a sudden, this beautiful little sweet girl spirit started coming out of Belle. All the bad stuff was gone, but this little girl who probably had kind of a rough life, as so often is the story, um, but she became a part of the family. But even so, when she was first, ah, I am Belle, Belle came out, she was really draining. So I had to do things like, Keep her in a certain area of the house. Use lots of protection items. I, with her, in her little broken fingers, I would put a little bag and I'd tie the herb rue. Rue is very, R-U-E. It's very protective. It's used in magic and spells all the time. That really helps. You might choose something else. You could use a black stone, a hematite, an onyx, a jet. You can use any other kind of herbs or protection herbs. But keep it with the doll because even if you're getting the positive spirit or you're getting to know them, you want to make sure they're not draining your energy or causing anything until you know what you do. So anyway, I highly recommend everybody having a haunted doll if you like that sort of thing. But even just like with kids or pets, you got to keep them in line just a little bit with love, with respect. But remember, it's your house and it's your realm of existence. And then you guys can all live happily ever after, even though she moves on camera all the time. Did you see that? Yeah. I am so proud to introduce you to my friend, Johnny Zaffis. Yep. Johnny is a paranormal researcher, TV personality, author, lecturer, and the foremost and respected demonologist anywhere in the world. He's consulted on cases all over the world. He has over 40 years experience as a paranormal investigator, um, and he currently runs the Museum of Paranormal located in Stratford, Connecticut. So he knows haunted stuff, I can tell you that. You've probably seen him on every television show out there. He has lots of amazing books, which I meant to bring one home from Michigan the other day, and my brain wasn't there. But um, without further ado, I am honored to bring you the godfather of the paranormal. Welcome, John Zaffis. Hi. Hi, Patty. Good to see you again. Just seeing you hang up. I was hanging out with you last weekend. We were having a blast. I know. We were having a good time. (laughs) So thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy boy, a very busy guy, and we're getting into season. So I appreciate this time. Thank you for Um, having me on. So again, you really are the the expert of the world for everybody. You've been around. You are respected. You are loved. You are educated. Um, For my my folks who don't know that, how did you get here? How did you even get into the paranormal? Well, um, I was fortunate. I call myself a paranormal brat. I was born into this stuff. Now, Ed and Lorraine Warren are my aunt and uncle. You know, so, you know, growing up, you know, Christmas time, Easter and everything, we used to hear ghost stories as kids. Myself and uh, uh, four of my little cousins that we all grew up together, we still look forward to Ed Warren coming over and telling ghost stories. And now Ed's mom used to live with us. Now, my mom and Ed are twins. A lot of people don't know that. But they were night and day. They did grow up in in a haunted house. My mother was petrified of the paranormal. Ed loved it. So, again, even though they were twins, they were total opposite when it came into a lot of these things. So, at the age of 16, I had an experience. Now, I grew up in the 70s. I'm a flower child, and Patty, that's all I'm saying. But (laughs) anyhow, you know, uh, it was a Wednesday evening. At the foot of my bed, there was a shadow form, transparent, shaking its head back and forth. So I immediately went downstairs. I started telling my mom about it. And she goes, did it say or do anything? I said, well, just shook its head back and forth. And she goes, well, Johnny, that was my father. And I go, mom, how do you know it was your dad? You know, and she goes, well, you don't remember him. You were only four years old when he passed away. But he was a very stern man and he would always be shaking his head back and forth, you know, in a gesture of any type of communication. But Patty, the, the unique thing was, 
three, three to four days after that had occurred, my grandmother passed away. So that made me start to really delve into things and start to think about things. It was like, do deceased loved ones come back to help people cross over? Yes, it does happen. It does occur. So again, you know, witnessing it several times now over the, the past, you know, up years, it's amazing that these things do occur and they do happen. And that's what opened everything up for me. And, you know, getting involved with the paranormal. It wasn't until I was in my 20s that I got involved with learning the other aspect of it. But, you know, and I was fortunate too. again, you know, Ed and Lorraine only lived 20 minutes north of us. And when my mom would make family dishes, bring this up to my brother, bring this up to my brother. Well, you know what? That just opened up another whole realm of things because then it, they would be getting ready to go somewhere. He'd go, come on, kid, let's go. And my poor mom sometimes wouldn't know whether I was coming back that night or coming back the following day because I would go do things with them. So it, it evolved and it just kept, you know, uh, occurring where that interest just kept building up and building up. And my uncle said to me at one point in time, he says, I already knew you were already going to get involved with all this. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I basically knew it. And I was like, you know, looking back on it, it, it you know, because a lot of people say, well, how was it growing up with Ed and Lorraine? I don't know. It was my aunt and uncle and they chased ghosts. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> So did they take you with them on investigations? And Yes, there, there were occasions that, you know, I would go with them, um, go do some investigations, or they would be going to uh, assist in doing something with some of their spiritual friends. Through them, I got the opportunity to see rabbis, priests, Buddhists, ministers, shamans, and medicine men all perform different things. And that's what opened me up to the the whole idea and the whole perspective of learning and understanding all the different belief systems and the different practices out there. You know, again, a lot of people say to me, they go, well, no, you're a demonologist. I go, yes, I I do it. But, uh, you know, I'm very analytical. And you, you probably realize that after hanging around with me all this past weekend, you know, wow, is that exactly what I thought? You <laughs> <laughs> woo guy, you know. <laughs> what I, I always, I'm always, you dance nicely between the left brain and the right brain, your logic and your intuition, your knowledge and your knowing. So, yeah, because because you're there, you're obviously intuitive, you're obviously connected, you obviously know what's going on. So, I so said, is, um, I, and I love, because I do too, I study religions and philosophies to try to, because they're just, what I always say, they're different templates that you're putting on. You find the energy below, and, and the more you know, the more better prepared you are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so how did the collecting come? Did that come from Ed and Lorraine? Did the, like, Actually, um, yes. <laughs> yes, that's how that started. We, I was with them. They went to go investigate this one case. The woman collected uh, these little collectible statues and she bought this one and it was moving around. She was all freaked out over it. Ed and Lorraine had removed it. They, uh, Ed did some prayers and holy water and stuff. And he took the statue and threw it into the back seat of the car. He goes, you want that kid? And at that point I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? But Patty, this was the time framing where we didn't have the internet, cell phones. We had nothing, you know? So what did Yeah. So what I did was, okay, go get books, start reading up on things. And, you know, I was always intrigued with that. And, you know, and then when I would see him, I go, I can't get over some of the most unique haunted things out there. And, you know, these things existed for the longest period. And he would always just smile at me. Always just, you know, when I would come back at him with these things. And, you know, the one thing most individuals don't even realize, the most haunted item in the world, each and every one of us has knows about it the hope diamond think about it that that yeah i mean the cursed hope diamond is something that everybody in the world knows about because of its history and you know here and then it just evolved from there and you know uh to this point it's just like i turned into where i probably if i called hoarders right now they would film two or three episodes in here (laughs) (laughs) 
I get that. My my husband looks like something, and I'm not. I don't consume. I'm I'm a collector, but not like that, and not mostly haunted stuff. Just a little everything and spiritual stuff. My husband he sees something else arriving, but he's got like 300 drum kits, so he can't really talk. But <laughs> so how can you tell? I mean, I I can tell. I know you're very very gifted, but how can somebody sell? Because you know you're on eBay now or the internet, and there's 800,000 haunted dolls for sale, um, in which I'm sure a lot of them. You know, you go to Toys R Us, you dirty up a doll and say it's a haunted doll. How can people tell? How do you tell it's, it's something really is haunted? It's very difficult. Um, one of the key things is that um, uh, when working on a case, I like the hands-on feeling of everything, Patty, because, you know, you need, you, you need to intermingle with people and go back and forth. But a lot of times when anybody can get a, a te temperature difference around an item, we can get an EVP or, you know, d d these are the things that we look for. Now today, um, you know, you'll love this. I just got done working on this one case this weekend, Patty, and it has to do with a, a collectible uh, um, a photograph. It had um, uh, Elvis Presley and, um, oh my gosh, Johnny, Johnny Cash. And it was this particular memorial thing around this whole picture. Very influential family, Patty. Three members of the family had owned this particular item and all of them ended up passing away. Well, this person ended up inheriting it, putting it up on their wall, and it looked like somebody punched it. Now, how often, and, and many of us will take that step back, here I'm dealing with a very influential individual. They own all kinds of businesses and everything. They're not interested in, you know, this type of thing. But the woman was so scared and so petrified of this particular item that, you know, she said, John, I, you know, I'm doing what I need to do and packing it up and, you know, uh, shipping it off to you. Please just put it in your museum. This happens continuously, Patty, when dealing with people. When you, when you deal with, you know, people that own businesses, lawyers, doctors, you know, successful people, you know, they don't have an interest in creating, a, you know, a ghost story, if you will. Right. So, yeah. So I would look at that. You know, there, there's several ways of looking at things, whether to determine something, you know, to be haunted or whether it isn't. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, sometimes you really just don't know. Right. Right. No, I know. So, again, now you bring that your is your museum in your home? It is on my property. It's in a barn on the property. So, so do you use like protection techniques around it to keep the stuff from your house or to keep within it? Do you do any? Yes. There's actually two barns on the property. The smaller barn, when items do arrive or anything, I put them in there for bindings and cleansings and things like that. And a lot of my spiritual friends, when they come over to visit, you know, I'll ask them to do, you know, rituals, prayers, bindings and different things continuously. So, you know, I believe in the positive from all different directions. You know what? Anything, bring it on in and, you know, uh, I'm all for it. So that it's a continuous uh, thing. I think any one that gets involved with a lot of these things, that that spiritual aspect is an extremely important element to, you know, be able to take that step back and realize what you're getting involved with and how you're dealing with it. Right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I remember, again, my one little haunted doll, Belle, she was sent to me um, several years ago now by a girl who, had, who saw me doing a seance with Peggy the doll, a pretty haunted doll now in Zach's museum mm -hmm. that she used to be owned by Jane Harris and she gave people heart attacks and they'd flown in somebody to give a heart attack. Um, and she had seen me doing a seance with her and she goes, if I could figure handle Peggy, I could handle Belle. Mm -hmm. So she sent me, she shipped it off with my permission at Belle and the, the power of these things, this is what blew me away. Cause I'm not been a, I'm a magic collector. I'm a ritual peace collector. Um, here's this doll. And I go, I had never, ever, ever done a Facebook live before. Not once, not, you know, it's social media is what you do. I'm like, well, I'm going to open her up on camera and I'm have a lot of followers, but not that many followers. The power in this doll, 50,000 people watched me open this doll where I'm usually like, Ooh, 300. Ooh, maybe up to a thousand, 50,000 people from the doll got her out 
it was blah, dark. I I wouldn't let the sunset because I because it had made the girl who had her made her hair fall out, made her toddler sick for three years unless it was in the shed and all this stuff. That's why I ask about protection. So I did banish the dark spirit, and then within it, this beautiful little nice haunted thing came out. This little girl spirit, which mm-hmm. kind of slowly came out. But even with her, she was so draining. Again, I'm a witch, so I work with herbs and oils and all this. Mm-hmm. I had rue in her hand i would put all these little little bundles of the herb rue with a plant rue and all Mm -hmm. these things and stones to keep her from draining my energy i had again now the bad stuff is out but i had a friend with kind of like not overly serious but serious like heart fibrillation you know would put her into like heart fibrillations like not on my Mm -hmm. house on my watch so Mm -hmm. uh, they do tend to take your energy or they can oh i i i definitely believe in the the simple fact of that with 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 something you know again we always deal with energy that that that's the key thing energy can never be destroyed but you know when you start dealing with something and it has an intelligence to it it makes you take that step back and look at things a little bit more differently when dealing with a, a, a an item that is haunted or something like that do i honestly believe that it can drain the energy from people that are around it. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind by that, that that can occur. I mean, we know buildings, property can do it. We all have these, you know, uh, things that we've been involved with where you could go to a location and you could be there, you know, for a short period of time and you just feel extremely drained. Like all your energy, you got zapped. That's what I call it getting zapped. All of us uh, use uh, that term quite often. So again, that that's a very common thing and when people tell me that that tells me immediately a lot of times we could be dealing with something that is haunted now again too to follow up a little bit about what you were talking about you feel it's a little girl spirit there i believe a lot of items are haunted by human spirit i honestly do i don't think everything is negative and that i i just don't i never look at things from that perspective so to me when I deal with something and we're dealing with the human spirit, that makes it a lot easier for all, you know, for all of us when dealing with that than having to deal with something on a negative level. Yeah, no, I do the same thing. I think it could be a human spirit. It could be a non-human spirit, getting an elemental energy around it. You know, mm-hmm. of course, there's that demonic thing. I, I, I say this all the time. I still, I think demons get way too much credit. I think, you know, a lot of part of what people go, it's demonic. I don't think it is. When it's demonic, yeah. you know it. It's not like it's de- no. It's a cranky ghost, really, or something. Well, okay, Patty. There, there's a good thing too. You know, for people, a lot of times people don't understand. You know, years back, yes. You know, have I evolved? Yes, I'm going to say that because that that's a key element with our work. We have to keep evolving and learning. You know, when somebody would get scratched or pushed or shoved, right away we always thought it was something, you know, demonic or evil. You know what, if a person was a mean, rotten person in life, they're gonna be like that in spirit form. So again, you know, I take that step back to evaluate cases or evaluate situations when we get involved with them. Because sometimes we just don't know. We have to, you know, analyze it Go in, check it out, and see exactly what the heck are we dealing with. Yeah, yeah I agree whole, wholeheartedly. So do you do you notice, because I like to ask people in our businesses too, do you notice that what I call the veil between the worlds is is definitely getting thinner these days? Absolutely. It's We are in such a different uh, era. I, I, you know, a lot of times, you know, and I go back and forth with so many different people, and it's almost like when everything hit with the COVID, our whole world changed. And I don't know if something new opened up. I don't quite comprehend it. I don't quite understand some of it, but a lot of us refer to it as the shift. There was a shift that took place and we're seeing it escalate now. We're seeing so many different things change. You know, it, it's a totally different world. I think so many of us are going back out into today than when, you know, a year and a half ago when all of us started staying home. Right, right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and more. I'm sure you're getting more and more calls, more and more haunted. 
And, and I guess there's something to it that, again, the paranormal is big and big in media and how many more ghost shows you have. People are all going to have that awareness there in their house. But it it really is. I'm personally experiencing and seeing more things than ever. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's cool so long as we know how to handle it. But I guess that's why it's people like you being around and, and me and people for all those lawyers and doctors and people who want nothing to do with it that they – you know, they don't just stuff it in a corner or they can get the help they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, again, too, I think it's it's just something we're going to learn and something that um, I think we're going to see as we're moving forward now that there, there's going to be a difference. There's yeah. definitely going to be a difference. So, yeah, I, I think so, too. So I suppose that would even increase in everything, haunted objects, good and bad, and I guess yeah. the d- demon world. So as a demonologist, how, uh, again, that, I'm not a demonologist. I work, you know, I've done, but mm-hmm. I, would, I don't use that title or close to it. Do you work in a specific or do you throw everything in one pot of, of different belief systems? Or how do you work? Like, I work elementally. Some A Catholic priest is going to work one way. As somebody else... How 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 were you trained, or how do you do it? Did you develop your own style? I think you- I kind of I, I think I kind of developed my own style. I think that's what evolved from everything. Now I am Roman Catholic. Am I a practicing Roman Catholic? Yes. You know, and if I go in and I'm going to deal with something on you know uh, a belief system of Christianity, I'm going to handle that one way. But you know, so many people today they they don't have a foundation or look at organized religions you know that that's our world today so therefore you know okay that's fine i'm not interested in judging people i i have no interest in that whatsoever but when you're dealing with something and people are having supernatural activity you gotta you know take that time and sort through things to figure out how are we going to be able to process this how are we going to move forward you know uh, with a lot of these different things you know i'll make my suggestions and whatever a person chooses to do that's okay with me i mean that i you know i i have no issues one way or another you know that in the running funny thing is that so many people you know that they say that to me you intermingle with everybody I said, you know what? I said, I have more Wiccan, pagan, witch friends probably than I do Christian friends. I wouldn't be surprised by that today. You know, that it's just, it's the nature of it and it's our world and people are comprehending and understanding of a lot of different things. And that's a good thing. That's how we learn. That's how we, we advance with different things to understand a lot of uh, old different traditional things that, you know, affect people. Right. I, I steal from everybody. <laughs> like, oh, that works and this works and this bit of, of Judaism and this bit of Christianity. Again, to create my own thing as you create your your own thing. And and I agree again wholeheartedly. And I like that everybody's working together and there's not just that's what the whole planet needs in, in every which way possible, let alone getting into the paranormal world and how you deal with spirits and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we it is the same because I sort of see I do see energy. So it, it's, again, what template you put it on top, you know, what, figure out how you're going to work is your roadmap. So I'm doing it a Roman Catholic way. I'm doing a mix between, you know, science and Buddhism and new age mm-hmm. and this and that, but it's, yeah. it's, it's your working template, how to, how to navigate. To me, it's just navigation. I, I make up my own maps, you know, mm-hmm. but I'll take from everybody else's map. <laughs> Well, I think it's important because that, you know, there's not you know, power in knowledge. And, and that's the way I view things and the way I look at it, because, you know, I love it when I get into these in-depth conversations with different people that do things or practice different things. And, you know, again, I just get amazed at, and people just go, but you don't judge. I said, no, that's not what it's about. I'm a paranormal investigator. I, I said, you know, I'm looking at this from a lot of other people's views too. And what is the key thing, Patty, we're all looking for? We're looking for that scientific proof. Yeah. And, you know, I always look at everybody and go, we're not there yet, guys. And they'll go, well, what do you mean by that? I go, scientific proof, you need repeatability. And unfortunately, Casper the ghost doesn't always want to repeat what it just did. So therefore, we can't chart it. But again, getting getting all this stuff, I mean, all the equipment out there today. Patty, I don't even know how to turn half of it on, 
<laughs> I, I like when somebody else uses it because you could you can like prove what I see. If I'm in the one room going, the ghost is going like this, and I'm saying it, and then there's a camera in another room that I can't see, and they've got an SLS camera where the ghost is going like this, yeah. but don't ask me to operate it. I mean, we couldn't even sign here, and I couldn't shut up Siri on my computer. It's like, ah, I, I, I don't. But I do love technology, and I do think magical world spiritual world and science is coming together oh, getting yeah. yeah. it's like it's all coming down to numbers really so yeah. probably yeah. the romance will all come out but <laughs> but it's it, but the, the, what it is will never will so why do you think that everybody is why are we intrigued with what's out there what we can't see what we can't know because there's so much they i think people uh, look, I think people are searching. People are looking. We want, an people want answers. You know, again, can, uh, you know, in my belief system, yeah, is there a heaven and hell? Yes. Do I really know that? No. I, you know, I, I can't sit here and tell you there's brimstone and fire down below. I can't tell you there's a big fluffy cloud that, that is up above. I can't tell you if there's different planes, there's different things that we believe in. I mean, again, uh, I look at everything. I don't rule out UFOlogy, cryptozoology. All of these things fascinate me. You know, I sat one night looking for the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, you know, right, right on the lock. And, you know, unfortunately, no, never saw anything, but I was hopeful. But, <laughs> you know, again, that to me is what it's about. I think today, even um, I get very fascinated with the younger people. I do a lot of colleges and universities and they, the questions that they ask you today, Patty, are things that you just you stand there and you go, you just get amazed by it. Yeah. So many of them today are interested. They they learn. They they go in the background. They they research, and it's just, it's just amazing. Totally amazing how uh, our younger generation is more adapted to a lot of the the different techniques, the equipment, the questions, and you know it, it just always fascinates me. You know, with that, with uh, with, with the hearing the kids talk about it today. Yeah, they are different. I do colleges. They are. They they think different. Everybody say Gen Z, Gen X. You know, versus yeah. the baby. Versus, and and they they think different. They look different. They want different. I, yeah. I love. They are they are going to take into this new world, which is a different world than ours. And mm -hmm. so hopefully we're just preparing them good enough, and then we kick them off to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I think why we do, it's like, what I like about this world as noisy things go on outside, I can't control, they're not ghosts, they're saws, um, so forgive that. Um, but I, what I like about the paranormal world and why people are into it, because it, it brings back a sense of mysticism. If Some people don't want religion or spirituality, but, but they, for those who don't, we want, need to know more than this is it, black and white. Uh, that our modern Western society is so left brain. It's so matter of fact, laser beam this, laser beam that. It, it brings the unknown. It just, to me, it's romantic and mystery. It's like bringing art back into schools, having this magic that we don't know everything. Well, again, the, another key element to uh, early training you know, I used to go to uh, England and Scotland with Ed and Lorraine. Now, you, Patty, the way the other countries revere the paranormal compared to what the way we do, it, it, it's mind boggling, mm -hmm. you know, especially in England, England and Scotland. If you don't have a ghost or something wrong with you, every, everything's haunted over there, but they revere it differently. They respect a lot of the, you know, traditional ways of these buildings that are hundreds and hundreds of years old. And they go, no, that they were here before we were. And they look at it. I, I, I could still remember it. I think I was in my 30s the first time I ever went. And I had to comprehend all that when we came back at that point in time. I think that was in the 80s on how different they, they view it compared to the way we do, do here. It's so different. Yeah. And it's a, yeah. And it, it's a comfortable feeling. You know, when they're dealing with it or there's, you know, oh, no, that was just Aunt Tilly that moved that. That's OK. Yeah, <laughs> I used to I was so amazed by it, but it made me stop and take that look at the big 
picture of how everybody, all the other countries revere, you know, the supernatural and the paranormal compared to the way we do here in the U.S. Yeah. So maybe, again, paranormal is a door into that. Whether they stay with we're ghost hunters or not, I think it is a way into that mysticism of some sort, the, the unknown, the mystery. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I've seen so many people, it's like, I don't want this, I don't want, okay, let's go do that. Um, so have you, have you, and again, what I, I Europe is cool too, because it's all, I'm West Coast girl. We don't have anything old. You're East Coast. You have things that are hundreds of years older than we have. Um, and, and that's why I, I, I'm heading East now and then all the way to Europe. Because here, the only thing old we have, which that's where we first met, is Virginia City. The oldest mm-hmm. thing we have is old mining towns, because that's all we had back then. So when that's great, but we're going, ooh, it's over 100. It's a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. So I remember the first time going back East and going, oh, there's so much more here. It's like a book that's been written that much longer. And then you get over to Europe into a castle something, and it's like, oh, and there's more decades. I, I, I love uh traveling abroad just walking down these streets where you have these buildings that haven't been touched in hundreds and hundreds of years i mean it's just it brings you back in time you know and i love just walking through and experiencing a lot of the different things i mean you know i think um uh, again, on my bucket list, there's just so many places. I want to go to Greece, Italy. I want to see the pyramids. I mean, there's still a lot on my bucket list, you know, and people go, wow, you've never done that? No, never had, it just never had the opportunity, you know, to be able to do things like that. But um, again, you know, it's something I look forward to that uh, maybe somewhere down the road to, to be able to do something like that. I mean, can you imagine that just walking through all those old runes? And I don't yeah. know if you've ever been to any of those places I, or not. I want to go to Egypt. I have been to, I haven't been to that many places, but I have been to Greece and you feel it when you step into that, you know, the Parthenon and, and these temples and you, you feel every cent, every bit of it. But I've got a thousand places on my bucket list because I haven't been that many places, just lucky enough that that was one. Plus, don't you feel the different in the ground? Just like we say, oh, the space is haunted, you know, whether it's an old Indian burial ground or things like in L.A., I think downtown L.A. where the Cecil is, it started out with what's underground. Do you notice that in places that you go, how much of it really comes up? the vibration of the earth itself? Um, I probably just never really paid attention to it, Pat. You know, again, when I think that with me going into old places or uh, abandoning things, abandoned places or historical places, I just try to take it all in, if that makes any sense to you. Because it's like a lot of times I'll just stand there and go, if these walls can talk, you know, if they could just tell us some of the history or some of the, you know, events that transpired, you know, and that that to me has always been one of the, uh, an intriguing, uh, uh, you know, type thing. Um, I'm going to share this with you, uh, the conjuring house. Everybody knows the conjuring house today. You know, Oh, you got to get there. It is haunted. But, you know, I was back in the Conjuring House way back with Jason and Grant in season two of, uh, you know, uh, Ghost Hunters. And it was one of my very first times, you know, going there. But that, again, too, that piece of property, you know, it just it ties in with what we were talking about. The original piece of property was a thousand plus acres. How many different things occurred in some, t- you know, some of that energy, you know, focused in towards th- that particular building? And walking through there and going through it and everything, you like just like what you're saying, it, it just it hits you because yeah. it's just it just goes back in time. And again, it's just I love that. I, I, I enjoy doing things like that. I love it because you, you, you could just be standing there and it's almost like, wow, you can almost go back in time. It's so, you know, historic in there. And you can you can feel it, you can smell it, you can taste it. And to me, that's all of that. It's completely different than walking into a Walmart. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, ah. yeah. So have you experienced anything either sent to your museum or in your museum or on an investigation that was like too scary for you? Um, I think probably was a good 33 years ago when I did the haunting in Connecticut. 
and you know something had come down the staircase it was fully formed it was very transparent huge and it just kept saying do you know what they did to us do you know what they did to well at that point in time that was my first encounter with seeing an actually fully formed you know what i would say was a demon at that point you know and that really rattled me it shook my world for three days i wouldn't talk to people i wouldn't take telephone calls nothing because i had to process that at that point see i'm one of those types that you know you could tell me a million and one stories you know and i love them you know i love hearing the stories but once you experience it and once it happens to you that's no longer a story that's part of your reality now you experienced it so therefore you have to process that whole thing and incorporate that and go wow you know it, it, it all comes together but that was probably one of the most significant significant things that made me take that step back and almost made me decide at that point that i just didn't want to be involved with doing any more paranormal work really and, yeah yeah i you know i was like this stuff's real. This stuff isn't, you know, all in uh, people's, you know, minds or anything. It occurs and it happens. And, you know, to this day, 33 years later, I haven't been back in that house since. Really? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, okay. Not that I don't think it's haunted anymore. I honestly think they got it cleared and everything. But, you know, my wife always tells me it's a guy thing. We block things and we just, you know, that's how we deal with it. But I don't know. I just, I don't know if I want to walk in that front hallway again and relive that moment. I don't know if I really, it's something I really, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, like I said, there's been a couple of very, very close encounters where the opportunity almost came in where I could have, but it just, and it never worked out. And I would always go, see, it's not meant to happen. It's not mm -hmm. meant to happen. It's not meant, you know, that's the way I look at it. But, you know, dealing with experiencing things or, or seeing shadow forms or things like that, I, I, Patty, I don't react to a lot of stuff anymore. I don't know if I just got numb to the fact of a lot. I don't know, but so many experiences, so many different things over the course of the years. And then, you know, um, just, you know, randomly sitting, talking or something, I'll go, oh yeah. And I'll start talking about this to somebody. I go, you could just remember something out of the, I go, well, I don't, you know, I don't retain all that. I just block it all out. I just, that's how I deal with a lot of it. Yeah. Well, I think you're getting used to a thing. Me too. It's like when weird things happen that somebody else would fall over, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that, that happens. Yeah. You know? If you're a brain surgeon or a surgeon of any sort, you don't want to yeah. keep fainting when you see blood for the first time. Probably the first time you do in medical school, you do, but you got to get past that if you do right. what you do. So that's, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, and I and you're like me. You you I can tell you like a challenge. Yeah, I I normally you know again when confronting things or uh, dealing with things. Um, I have a tendency, especially when I'm doing my investigations, I get very quiet and people get nervous around me when I start getting too quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's not the fact that, you know, I, I'm fearful of something, but I'm trying to process and, and I try to evaluate a lot of times what is occurring, what is happening, what's tying in with this, what triggered it. So again, you know, that's, that's how I move through the motions. Now, with me and I, and this is I'm even like this today that if I do experience something or something happens it's like two or three days later I react to it and I yeah you know, my clergy friends go crazy over that they go we watch you and then two or three days later you react to something you call up and go I can't believe that happened or this happened or that happened they're going John that happened three days ago but that's how I process things and look at things and uh and i've often been told by a lot of people that's to my benefit you know that i'm able to do that and not react in the moment so i don't know <laughs> and again i still think that's what makes you professional if you ran out if you were the guy out there to get rid of stuff or tell them what's going on and you ran out screaming all the time okay. <laughs>
so we we have a Halloween coming up. We're getting close. We're in, we're into fall. Um, and in my pagan belief system, the veil gets thinner and thinner and thinner all the way up to Halloween, which is Samhain, that the New Year's when the veil is the thinnest. Um, so and a busy season for me, you, for both of us, I'm sure. Do you have anything special coming up for this Halloween or the season? Well, I definitely, um, we have a, I have a convention next week up in Quincy, Mass, uh, the Paracon. Looking forward to that next weekend. Uh, we'll be out in um, Nevada. I think we're both, the, actually, Patty, I think we're, we're both on that one, aren't we? The one in, uh, yeah, okay, in the beginning of October. Yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, naturally, we, when October usually rolls around with me, especially the last three weeks, I don't usually have the opportunity to do too much because I'm usually out on campuses lecturing or, you know, uh, doing that uh, with the month of uh, October. Because people laugh at me and they'll go, do you even decorate for Halloween? I go, not since all my kids are grown up. No, I because nobody's here. <laughs> I'm usually out on the road, so I don't, you know, put any of my uh, old crazy uh, Halloween things up. But I usually keep very busy. Usually, you know, that time of year is for all of us. We're out doing things. Uh, you know, they all the TV shows are kicking in and ramping up, and you got that. So many days to Halloween, I get a big kick out of when I'm in the hotel rooms watching, you know, a lot of the different shows and things. So but. we're doing that right now on what you are on right now. My new network, my paranormal network, we are counting down the 13 weeks to Halloween. We're having See? people happy dance. <laughs> Halloween happy dance. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, it, it is fun. I think it's becoming the world's favorite holiday, whether they're into paranormal or not. It's kind of fun, you know, because it's you don't have to buy presents. It doesn't have to be religious. It's just kind of a I don't. You don't have to cook turkey. I don't know. I know a bunch of people who aren't into our world, and it's still their favorite Halloween or their their favorite time of year. And Same thing it, here. Yeah. It, and it is very, very magical. Um, so, wow, time is flying. I hate that. I have so many questions to ask you, but I'm going to have to have you come back. Will you come back? Absolutely. Uh, and I'm going to time, my friend. You at Vulture City Paracon, and who knows, probably all sorts of other places. We met at Virginia City. A lot of things with the name City on the back, because that's yeah. the West. That's all we have. <laughs> yeah. We have conjuring houses. Um, <laughs> So how can people find, I'm sure all my people have fallen in love with you like I have and that most of them already have, but how can people find you, connect with you? The easiest thing to do with me is just put johnsaffis.com in. It uh, takes you into, you know, uh, one of my sites that takes you into the museum site, the store and all my books and all my other stuff is on there and everything that I get involved with. And, um, you know, uh, that, that is the easiest way to get me. Or Facebook, I put, usually post on there what events will be coming up or, you know, where we're going to be. And uh, you know, it's about the, uh, the best thing I could tell people. JohnsAffis.com and you'll find me. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to check it out. JohnsAffis.com. Um, again, it's a joy and an honor because, again, so long respected and loved. And you're just such a nice guy. Besides being so smart and educated and gifted, we are lucky to have you in this world. So thank you, sir. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And thank you very much for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on The Witching Hour. Paranormal Network.